afternoon folks i'm here today with chris um, so we recently had the experience of attending um, this awareness conference that's put on by a panel of amish men from indiana and ohio um it's open to the public it is spoken uh, entirely in pennsylvania dutch although occasionally um the people who are speaking may speak in English. At the conference we went to, they had asked a local detective to speak and they spent, they spoke for about 15 minutes on legal things like um, statute of limitations. It's a crime, sexual assault is a crime, rape is a crime, um, child sexual assault is a crime. Um, but I thought it would be good to catch up to somebody who attended this one with me. Yesterday, we attended this conference. So say hi, Chris. Hello. So yeah. as most of yeah. you know, Chris is a former plane person who is no longer compliant. Right? Yeah, not quite. Not quite. I feel like the shaved hair is a little bit indicative of like not really being comp compliant. Or even well, your shirt. Well, you don't have to be. You don't have to worry about being strophly and your hair sticking out from underneath your cap if there's no hair. Are you talking smack about my hair right now, Chris? <laughs> I would never. Oh, sure you wouldn't. I'll call baloney. Um. It's not like my red hair makes me a, a stand out or anything, you know. It's just red. That's a normal <laughs> hair color. Yeah. That's a normal okay. hair color, Chris. Okay. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. Uh, unlike you, I did not stand out at the conference. What? I just wore a suit and had red hair. I covered up all of my tattoos with a black suit. <laughs> Which would be menswear <laughs> in the playing community. And the problem with that is, I don't see the problem. <laughs> no, there, there's no problem with that. But we both know the playing community has a problem with that. And the red hair, I mean, red? It's, it's bright red. Yeah. I have cousins. Look, I'm just conforming. I have cousins that have bright red hair that looks just like this and it's natural. Leave me alone. Okay? 
Okay, I have no hair, so... Well, I have some questions. So Chris attended the conference as undercover as possible and wore a plain dress. And as y'all saw in the photo, Chris looked um, very plain. I looked like a pregnant charity woman. <laughs> well, uh, nobody, nobody said anything yesterday, but that was a maternity cape dress. Oh, my goodness. That's why that it one? ended where it did, had the pleats where it did. I was wearing a maternity cape dress. So so you were you were especially undercover, huh? Yes. Um, so I have some questions for you about the conference. Are you okay and comfortable answering those? Yes, I am. So like was there something that stood out the most to you after attending the conference? Like what was the most significant point? What stood out to me the most after sitting through all the speakers and everything was that there was a speaker who was abused as a young boy and then went on to abuse. And he was the one out of all the speakers who seemed to have the most compassion and feeling for the victims. Oh. He, you know, the perpetrator, the one person who was the perpetrator, had the most compassion for the victims. And let me translate something he said. What he said was that he had all of the support after he perpetrated. But what he can't help but ask, where was the support for his victims? And I feel like that point needs to be expanded upon. And that's a very significant point. Thank you. Yeah, because it happens all the time. You know, they bust people in to stand at the trials, talk about how great these people are, all the while turning their back on the victims and the silence that happens and the victims are shamed and don't want to speak up because the, the support is not there for the victims most of the time. And for the only person to really seem to be addressing that at the conference was a child abuser, a pedophile. Here's the thing, though. It's like you have to remember that they don't know any better. They don't know how to support victims. And not knowing any better is not an excuse for not learning better. However, comma, pause, like because he is convicted, he actually did probably have to undergo mandatory psych evaluations and receive and counseling. And counseling from qualified counselors, not necessarily going to the minister and getting counseling, but qualified counselors, people who specialize in this, people who have researched this, people who have an education in this. And so that's a really, really important thing. Was there anything um, that made you uncomfortable? Um, there were a couple things that made me uncomfortable. One being when they talked about women being abused, the, the last speaker, you know, he was telling everybody, go home, everybody, um, cook in the spiegel, look at, look in the mirror. Yeah. And go home, look in the mirror. And in seven days he wants, you know, change to happen and, you know, fine and everything. He's saying, you know, perpetrators go look in the mirror, but he said, you know, victims are supposed to go 
look in the mirror and basically made it sound like victims within seven days you're supposed to forgive. Well, didn't he follow the, up the um, victims? Guck mal in the Spiegel in Seven Dark. Dann musst du vergraben. Yeah. To translate that, what he said was victims must look in the mirror for seven days and then they must bury their he put Saha behind it, which translates to things. But what he was really talking about, the things that he was talking about, was the abuse. It's like, you have to bury the abuse. Yeah. He, he even acknowledged, he said, I know it'll never, it may never, never completely go away. But yes, that I can understand and see how that would be really troublesome and, and problematic for you. Because it's not really indicative of like how... Um, for example, like I may process it differently and I may handle it differently. Like we all, we all went there as a group. We had a bunch of people there and then we kind of split off and did our things to gather this information so that we can provide better resources and support and education on both sides to kind of help bridge that gap. Right. Which is one of the biggest missions. It's the mission of the misfit Amish. Um, but at the end of the day, were that to be the message, it's so problematic because even in the little group of like 12 people, let's just say 12 people, like I'm going to handle this like completely different than say like Chris would and, and or like whoever else was there, like we all would handle it differently. And, and that is something that I felt was key missing from the presentation is like having any kind of space for anybody to process things in a way that they're able to process that that abuse that happened to them well and and the whole idea that you had to resolve this now because you know he said you know there's there's cases coming out people talking 20 30 years later and the dodi is in the ground you know the, the dad's in the ground now and and you can't do anything about it because he's dead and buried and you need to, you need to bury it. Well, and again, like that's not giving, that's not understanding that one, like sometimes you have repressed traumatic memories, which actually was a question from somebody. Is it possible for somebody to have no memory? And then all of a sudden the memories come up and the detective Sasha answered that question very, very well and explained how it is possible for somebody to have repressed memories because of the extremity of the torture and abuse that they went through. Like it can literally reprogram the brain to where it doesn't send the appropriate signals for those memories until they reach a safe place to process that. Right. And I mean, it, it's normal for childhood victims to not speak out for years and years after the fact, which is why in Pennsylvania now, childhood victims of abuse can report that abuse up to age 50. Because, oh, which means they updated the statute of limitations. Yes. yes. What is the you statute can be, of limitations? When you are a childhood victim of sexual abuse, you have until the age of 50 to report that abuse. That is the statute of limitations. If you come That's at age 51, they can't do anything anymore. But as long as you are under 50, you can report it and they can and move on with that. Investigation and, and properly. That's, that, that's pretty new because I that's know it used to be 18 years after you turn 18. 
Oh so, boy, I guess I have pretty, pretty new because I'm not 50 yet, but I have perpetrators. So I'm not 50, but I have perpetrators in the state of Pennsylvania. Yep. So there's that's that's an interesting one. Um, moving on about the conference, like let's. Do you have any advice or suggestions for the facilitators of the event? Let women speak. Somebody asked that question at the very end. Um, when they had a quick Q&A session, um, twice that question was asked, actually, and both times. So they asked, like, you know, we, we hear from all these perpetrators, but where are your victims speaking? And the answer to that question was... Well, man was created first and woman second. And the Bible says it clearly that women shall be silent. What do you say to that? Well, but see, that's the problem. They want to have a man speak on the women's view of being molested and, and tell stories, you know, but they'll admit when they're talking about the home and everything that women see things completely different than men, supposedly. But yet they're not having any women speak. And this isn't church. Well, what we were at was not church. So no, women being, the, the scripture women being silent in the church have nothing to do with this. This was a meeting on abuse awareness. So don't use the scripture. Women got to be silent in the church because this was not church. Some of it may have felt like church and could have had place in church, but it was not church. Well, yeah, that's, I digress. That's besides the point. Um, so we, before we move on to the next part of it, um, we have some commenters. Emma says, howdy. Hi, Emma. Hi. You're amazing. Hope Ann says, thank you for speaking out. And there's no burying abuse in seven days or seven years or anything else like that. And it's not necessary to bury abuse. It's important to heal and grow, but not bury. Thank you, Hope. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. That is facts. It is, yes, amazing. Um. Emma said, wow, telling victims seven days is a window they have to recover. It's shocking. Yes, it really is shocking. And Hope says, so if it takes 20 years to get brave enough to speak out, that maybe we should ask why they don't feel safe enough in the communities to speak out sooner. Not blame the victims, perhaps. Well, I mean, that is kind of a fact, Hope. Thank you again. Like, you're on point. You're amazing. I appreciate you. Um, I have so many feelings about this conference that I haven't processed yet. So I'm not really ready to really talk about all the feelings I have about it. But the next question that we have on the list is like, how would you, how'd you feel in the beginning? Like when you walked in versus when you like today, how do you feel? Well, Getting ready to go, you know, it was, you know, putting back on all the old clothes and stuff. There's there's a lot of feelings associated with that. But I was going there to see how this would be. And I wanted to see it from the view of a plain person, kind of. Because what the English get to see versus what the plain people get to see is is completely different. It's vastly different. And so I'm glad I went 
how I did, but but I was very apprehensive. You know. Would you say you were scared? Yes. Okay. Did you feel like, were you experiencing some form of like hypervigilance where you're like acutely aware of everything going on around you and like um, making sure that you're like complying with? Because like, I, I, okay, the, 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 I was sitting with somebody and her and I both saw this and she just busted up and I couldn't help myself and I busted up like when they sent out the collections and you pulled out your black purse and you pulled out your money because you know you have to conform to this it's like oh boy like Chris did a really good job of like preparing for this I had to bring change so I can give donations and and all of that like you thought oh, yeah oh, would you would you say you were hyper vigilant about that like were you like extremely on edge almost kind of trying well, to prevent you have it. to yeah. if you're gonna go in that way you have to go all in because like if i would have broken norms i mean that'd be worse than what any of the english could have done <laughs> you know what i mean and for like the first whole speech i was there holding onto my purse and i had a like a death grip on my purse because it was just uh being That's so aware yes yes i'm really thankful you did that you did not show or display like the nervousness that you probably felt like you were displaying you did not you went in and you just sat there and you just fit in and you had the, the demeanor of a plain woman and you had the, the body language. You, you walk that way, you talk that way, you acted that way. Like it was, you did really, really good. And I appreciate your sacrifice of mental and emotional burden that you gave for this cause. I really, really appreciate it. We owe it you a It was worth it though, because I talked to how many plain couples who would not have spoken to me the way they did otherwise. I talked, you know, to people from Ohio and people from the area who would not have spoken to me otherwise. And so it was it was very worth it to do it. But at the same time I was slightly rebellious. That purse was a fake Gucci. <laughs> but I was you know, we had the former Amish people there too. And so I had Two people who were Facebook friends with me who didn't even realize who I was and that I was undercover. They thought I was actually playing, you know. So, yeah. you know, it was just one of those things. I guess when you grew up into it, you can just yeah. kind of put it back on like a glove if you have to. You really can. And, and, like, that was something that I personally, I focus on a lot on, like, making sure that my body language does not revert to Amish body language because I am not a, a compliant Amish woman. That, that was one of my big things because I worked really long and hard to not have that body language. And I don't want that body language to fit me like a glove. It doesn't belong to me. It was not mine. It was imposed on me. And I don't want it. Well, I think it helps that I have no hair. You were covering. You had a head covering on. Yes, but at the same time, I 
can keep the fact of who I am inside while dressing in that costume. Oh, that makes sense. I like that. You know, because who I am is a person with a bald head. You know, I have this whole costume on on the outside to go yesterday. But yes. I'm, I'm still me. There's no hair there. Whereas if somebody else who has slightly longer hair had put their hair up under a bonnet and wore a cape dress, it could have felt like they were back where they started from. So would you do it again for the same Hell purpose? Yeah. Hell yeah. Chris. Um, and the last and final question I have is, do you have any messages for the Amish attending this conference? Yes. In the back, they, they, they had the minutes of the meetings for everything. They have a list of resources for them. My, my suggestion is throw that out. Go to real certified counselors Are and you get help. Licensed counselors yes. who are like, for example, if you're a victim of trauma, and, and to clarify by trauma, we mean like child sexual assault, being molested as a child, being beaten as a child, being yelled and screamed at, and being broken down mentally as a child. If you have experienced any, you have a child that has experienced any of those things, you should go find a, a therapist that has studied childhood trauma and therefore will have appropriate tools to help your child process that trauma. I know that Hope Ann at a better way has um, a list of resources and she specifically works with people to help them connect with resources that they need at times. Because so, there again, are plenty of plain um, therapy places and stuff like that. But what they are going to do, what a lot of them do, is they they drug the victims, they pressure the victims to forgive, and they 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 would say forgive, but they pressure you to bury it and act like it never happened, and that's not going to cause healing. So what I suggest is going to somebody who's actually a licensed counselor who can help you deal with that, and not necessarily forgive. You know, which I know that's the buzzword. You got to forgive. You got to forgive. But to heal, to heal yourself. And by healing, let me clarify that what I mean when I say healing is you find purpose in life. You find beauty in life. You find joy in life. You find hope in life. And that's right. really, a really, really important message. Thank you. I think for me, um, my biggest message to people would be is that I'm really thankful that they are doing some these conferences and trying to raise abuse awareness. Um, and I appreciate the effort, but I'm really disappointed in the content. I agree with Chris that the highlight for me really was um, the Mr. Miller, who was talking about like, where was the support for the victims? Um, the majority of the conference I felt was geared towards uh, not necessarily how to support victims or even like how to help them, but it was more or less geared towards like, should we report? And that's the question is like, should we report? Like, you understand what I'm saying? Like, and jail is hell. 
It's the worst hell on this side of yeah. hell. And so it's almost like it's a fear-based program to that, in my opinion, could very well lead to perpetrators becoming better at hiding their abuse and threatening well, the their question, the, the one question that was asked, if you can hide it from the law, can you hide it from God? Oh, my goodness, yes. That was an excellent question. Do you remember exactly how they answered that? Well, they, they said something about looking at, at it the wrong way, and of course you can't hide it from God, you but, know. Yeah, that's crazy. There's so much to dissect and process there. I'm sure I'm going to do this again with these same questions with other people. But, but people got to remember, you know, that, that, this. You got to take care of yourself. Yes, everybody's got to take care of yourself. You got to take care of yourself. Um, and, and I have one final message. If you were a victim and you were at that conference, please reach out to somebody, um, whether it's the detective that was there, whether it's any of the explained victims that were there, because there were about a dozen ex-Amishan, ex-Mennonite victims, survivors. Um, we've really worked on creating resources for you guys and trying to help as far as like providing appropriate resources with licensed counselors. I want each of you to know you're not alone. It is not your fault that you were abused. A child cannot consent. And if you don't know what consent is, please reach out and we will help you figure out what the definition of consent is. Yeah, we all care. That's why we, we were there. We want you guys to have a happy, healthy life. Bye-bye.